0: You know, Stalin and the Nazis were these welfare state types. Uh, One of us is a stand up comic. Can you tell who it is, ladies and gentlemen? Eckerwood Brick.
1: Um. <laughs> but the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. That's like, I could use that to teach the whole arc. Do we have any kind of archaeological evidence? kind of other clothes. california and um i had the opportunity uh just last night actually as we record this to chaperone my first school dance in 20 years (laughs) um back at the very beginning of my teaching career uh back before i took my uh decade uh hiatus uh, from the profession for reasons that we don't need to get into um I, i was teaching high school uh, elsewhere in Northern California and chaperoned to dance, uh, at the end of that year. And then I never went back and did it again until just last night. And it was quite an experience. Um, I was really struck by the fact that, uh, most of the music that they were playing, uh, was older than many of the students in attendance, like, uh, about 15 minutes into the dance, I'm, I'm standing there, you know, doing, doing doing my circuit around the around the edge of the dance floor, you know, looking out for safety hazards or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear, ding, diga, ding, diga, ding, tss. ding, diga, ding, diga, ding, ding. And I'm like, wait, what? No. no.
1: You mean you're like, all right, stop.
0: Collaborate and listen.
1: Oh, let's not get banned from BMG.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. But, like, wait that was on the radio when I was in high school and I'm older than the parents of many of my students by a couple of, by at least a couple of years.
1: Oh, you crossed that threshold. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, not by a lot of years, but by, by enough for me to notice it. (laughs) I'm like, wait, no, hold on. So yeah. And then, um, the one that really got me was a little bit later um they actually played rick astley Hmm. never gonna give you up without any trace of irony
1: you know the fact that you named the song is funny to me yeah because what else would they play
0: what else would they play right you know it's like yeah yeah (laughs) like they played rick
1: astley the one where he covers etta james you know it's like
0: nice nice that's good you know that's true but like, yeah, and and then the the, the other one that I, I feel really uh, deserves mention here is uh, they also played Baby Got Back, which number one was a huge hit with the crowd mm-hmm. and also left me legitimately looking for a set of pearls to clutch because I remember back when that song first came out, that would be banned from being played at school dances. And, and that was the only indication to me of how much the world has changed. Otherwise middle school never changes. It was still clusters of boys Hmm. and clusters of girls. (laughs) And, you know, all the boys kind of standing around, kind of like, you know, bopping their heads and bouncing and the girls actually like no shit getting into it dancing. So yeah, no, it was, it was quite the experience. Nice. So now that I've monopolized all that time talking about it, who are you and what have you been up to lately?
1: Well, I'm Damian Harmony. I am a Latin teacher and a drama teacher up here in Northern California. Uh, and I also had kind of a similar first again for a long time um, at my school. Uh, but this fills me with dread and, and fear for the next uh, 10 days. Um, we had a rally. Uh, now it was outdoors. Okay. It was outdoors. So uh, much, much less likely to... Uh, be what ails you but you know as you know masks are now uh, optional
0: yeah
1: Um, you know it's kind of like having a smoking section yeah um, you know which means everybody gets to breathe it Um, but we had a rally and and to be perfectly honest uh, all of that worry aside it was lovely Uh, it, it it wasn't particularly great no uh, but what it was, was uh, a chance for several different groups of kids to show what they're capable of, uh, several singular sets of kids uh, to show what they're capable of for the audience of all the other students to, to and the audience of students got performed for, which I think is a sure. wonderful thing. Uh, they got to cool. see excellence. They got to see enthusiasm. And uh, although the acoustics of an outdoor rally, uh are you know fair to midland at best yeah it was still really nice and the logistics of it went off pretty darn well actually they had a pretty good game plan and stuff like that so as far as oh, good. rally in and of itself hey man that was awesome uh could there you know i'm not i'm not unicorn hunting here uh yeah. could there have been uh improvements of course i'm sure there could have i don't care um it was uh, it was good yeah. in all kinds of ways Cool. Should it have happened, I'm going to say emphatically no. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm erring always on the side of caution when it comes to that. So yeah, well, uh, you
0: know, as you yeah. should, as mm-hmm. you know, somebody yeah. in the position that you and I are in, mm-hmm. you so, know, I, I think that's our responsibility is to err on that side.
1: One would think, uh, you know, the, the other depressing number of uh, people that I saw were you know uh, unmasked folk. Yeah. Again, uh, if uh, if we tested, we might actually have data as to how hurtful this is. Uh, but
0: that is that is one thing I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to give uh, my own district uh, some credit for is mm-hmm. uh, they have been uh, very uh, comparatively mm-hmm. anyway. Um, you know, nobody's perfect, but compared to a lot of districts, mm-hmm. um, they've been they've been very very good about uh, testing. And okay. like not like not mandatory testing, but they've been going out of their way to make it available to students and staff.
1: See, and I'm, I'm yeah. going to give that a C you know, minus. And yeah, frankly, I mean, well, yeah. uh, when it comes to epidemiology, I'm not an epidemiologist. I am an historian. Uh, it seems to me that epidemiology and cliff diving are very similar. Unless you're doing it right, you are going to end up killing people. Yeah. OK, That's so, fair. you know, That's C minus still going to kill people. Oh, well,
0: but- yeah. No. Yeah,
1: but anyway, uh, yeah. you know, it was a lovely rally. It was nice to see kids genuinely enjoying each other and and themselves, uh, and so that that made me very happy. It we're really good. did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, now, the last time we talked, uh, we yeah. were speaking of Henry Ford, and we got to the point where it was pretty clear that America had actually exported. Vibrant anti-Semitism to Germany because the Germans had kind of a dullish gray anti-Semitism <laughs> that was just kind of <laughs> kind baked of, into of the Kugel,
0: oddly um, <laughs> khaki-colored.
1: Yeah, well, anti-Semitism? Uh, no, that would be in England. Um, this is more like it's it's around the pan of the Kugel uh, oh, okay. uh, kind okay. of anti-Semitism, okay. and ours was uh, much more vibrant, and we also ex- ex- uh, exported a sense of. Uh, hey, you too can do an ethnic cleansing or genocide. You too can be a white supremacist to the nth degree. Um, American chickens, as I think I said last time, found another home in which to roost. So...
0: I believe, I believe you did, in fact, use that very analogy.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had made a lot of hay about a certain book that had been written, which you and I had a lot of fun beating up on. Uh, and it was, uh, as I recall oh, what was the fellow's name? Um, it was it was a book written, I think, in 1916. Um, and uh, it was about the great American or the great European races, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, it's just, and you just know, like, I, I, I did some more research on that book, oh, yeah. because I wanted to see how commercially successful it was and it wasn't it wasn't that commercially viable but what it was it was uh by the way it was called the the passing of the great race or uh the racial by bi- basis of the Euro- european history uh by uh oh god he was a lawyer madison grant uh, okay. He was a self-professed uh anthropologist um but uh and he was he was dumb as shit um and made stuff up to just justify his his white supremacy um now, having said that, it, it was not that commercially viable. It was not that commercially successful. But what it did do was it found the eyes and ears of several people who would look for shit like that. It's kind of like, honestly, and this is maybe I'm drawing too straight a line, but I do think there's a lot here. Um, when you look at like the, the commercial success of um the turner diaries
0: i knew that's where you were yeah i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to spit it out because i didn't appreciate it ruin your thread but no no but
1: if you look at the commercial success of that book not very commercially successful there isn't any right like yeah but boy does it find just the right kind of people to influence to blow up federal (laughs) buildings with daycare
0: in scare quotes
1: (laughs) so right with a capital r quite frankly yeah so, uh, you know, we talked about that and, and that, you know, very much made its way over to uh, the the house arrest that Hitler found himself under. You remember they mm-hmm. kicked out Anton Fuck his name um, yeah. from from that not quite sell. Yeah. Uh, and and Hitler was reading that stuff. And sure enough, people uh, testifying in Nuremberg were talking about how great uh, Henry Ford was. And Henry Ford was obsessed with. Blaming the Jews for everything. Um, and he and Hitler both really, really blamed the Jews for modernism. So that's where we're going to pick up here. Okay, wait. Yeah.
0: B- the movement, modernism. The, modernism in in art. Modernism, yeah, mostly literature. in art,
1: art, okay. mu- music, literature. Okay. Uh, essentially, departure from the mythical traditional from, good.
0: From okay. Yeah, from the from the, you know, Dutch Masters School of, of Art. In, yeah.
1: In, you know, portraiture. And
0: yeah, OK. So okay. Uh,
1: and Good. that brings us back to square dancing, quite frankly, because uh, I started with that and I'm going to close with that. Um,
0: nothing so anti-modern as square dancing. <laughs>
1: Which if you think about it for three seconds, you'd be like, yeah, that's actually that's kind of yeah pretty fucking anti-modern.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, one of the modern things that that uh, Ford was really, really hot against was jazz. And so was Hitler, by the way. Uh, in fact, I'm going to fast forward to 1941 in August. Uh, there was a huge crackdown on German jazz uh, specifically because it had black origins and Jewish performers. Um, there's a, a, a gentleman named Henry Cowell who linked Jewish and Black cultural influences in jazz in a magazine in 1930. He said, "Quote: The fundamentals of jazz are the syncopation and rhythmic accents of the Negro. Their modernization is the works of is the work New York Jews. So jazz is Negro music seen through the eyes of the Jews. That's what this music theorist said in a magazine in 1930." And I think that there's a lot of meat on that bone. In 1935, jazz was banned on German radio. And in 1938 in Dusseldorf, there was an exhibition on degenerate music specifically, uh, which stated that, quote, Negro music, end quote, was another Jewish plot to destroy German culture. So that's happening in 1938 in Dusseldorf.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so setting aside the like batshit craziness of of the <laughs> idea that that any musical form mm-hmm. is a plot by anybody to do anything but you know get laid and you know make money yeah like you know because yeah. that's what musicians like basically everybody else are after high freud um you know, laying aside the idea that there's any kind of conspiracy behind it, I find it interesting the way that every nationalist, uh, uh, hypernationalist, rightist, fascist movement mm-hmm. takes an idea that's like, well, you know, this is this is a plot by, you know, this group and this group,
1: to rot us from within, to basically. to rot us from within.
0: Yeah. And it's like, okay, you just said it's a plot by black people and New no. York and no, New it's, York.
1: No, it's not a plot. Okay. It's a combination of those things. It's degenerate okay. by its very nature. It is not a plot, oh, according okay. to Hitler.
0: Oh, I thought there was something said about that—that that, you know, there there was a Jewish plot to degrade German culture.
1: Um, let me see. I there, was... there was something. No, no. Because um, the part
0: that I was going to say was it mentions uh-huh. New York Jews, mm-hmm. and that it that it's you know d- to de- to degrade German culture, and I'm like, why would Jewish people in New York no, give a shit? No, it was, about it was not okay. it was not
1: to degrade German culture specifically. It was not okay, it was, that it was pointed. I mean,
0: it was okay. It was degrading to
1: exactly German culture. It had a it corrosive degrading. impact okay. because it was it was degenerate because it was inherently misogynistic, misogynating. Um. Mis-
0: yeah. miscegenation mis-segen- Yeah. Misogynistic.
1: Yeah, but that just sounds too, close, sounds to too close to misogynistic. So. Yeah. Okay. So but anyway, anyway, yeah. it was it was inherently mongrelizing. Okay. To, to use terms that they probably would okay. have
0: they would have, um yeah.
1: because it is it is good german children and again notice it's aimed at the children we have to protect the children it's, it's, it's self-appointed always, guardians it's always it's always the, the,
0: children, the children that's right. always the excuse yeah. of
1: course because they they didn't ask you to protect them they don't ever have to ask it's, it's the easiest group to to stand up and, for and
0: they and they can't right. say anything about i didn't ask you to protect me because right. they don't have legal status to
1: yeah. And you could even point out like they don't know any better. So even if they are saying, no, daddy, I like it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Uh, we kind of talked about this when I, when I discussed uh, Ace of Base, uh, oh, yeah. coming yeah, yeah. back around in some ways. Yeah. But uh, so the idea was that, you know, it's, it's basically, you're taking black people's music and Jewish performers and then German kids are listening to it and they don't know any better. So it's degenerating the culture from within and you have to have the, the pure culture because, the German strength of the culture apparently won't stand up to a little tiny needle on a piece of wax, but you know, and And, also in fairness, yet
0: it's the most powerful culture of the superior race of people.
1: Right. Right. The, the Nordic folk, um,
0: they they always have to have it both ways. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I would point out though, Hitler was absolutely obsessed with the idea of infection. Um, and That's at that true. time, you do have germ theory. So okay. All right. like, I can draw the lines within his addled, you know, yeah, meth addicted brain. Within
0: the, the, the wall of yeah. crazy inside yeah. his brain. Yeah, And
1: he was, by the way, addicted to meth by this point um, because he was taking right. it as a medication to stop his spontaneous and explosive flatulence. These okay. are facts. Stop. Yeah. Hold on.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Skellerhard so, so had a farting problem.
0: He okay, so he, yeah. so he had some kind of bowel
1: thing that was giving which him- the dude was in world war one in the trenches had been gassed i could absolutely oh, yeah. see I mean, his gut yeah, being fucked for of, good yeah no yeah yeah
0: that, that, that I totally understand how
1: how he could don't have penicillin around. yet you could just have yeah. a slow growing bacterial Some thing. kind of yeah.
0: systemic infection yeah right <laughs> and what they give him is meth essentially yeah is, so is amphetamines well because of course amphetamines are one of the one of the earliest you know synthetic compounds that right but like, And
1: I mean, it was being used as a uh, asthma treatment, too. And so instead of using the crystals for the vapors, you would crush them and then, you know, you'd, you'd inject them and in all kinds of shit. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but, but, but for, to stop the farting.
0: I really want to know what the what the mechanical or, or the pharmaceutical action is that's involved mm-hmm. in amphetamine stopping you from farting.
1: I don't know that it worked. Like, like, okay. I mean, unless it binds you up and constipates you, like heroin does.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: heroin's known. I mean, that's why they give Wiped, you yeah. um stool softeners when you're on morphine. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, but okay. So I don't but you know, this this is going the opposite way. So I don't yeah, know. Okay. I yeah. don't know my math from from my farting. Yeah, no, so But anyway, so you have a music critic who has identified the fact and it is a fact that it is a a black creation, uh, a black musical creation. And you do have a lot of Jewish artists. Um, So you do have those are facts. And that makes its way over to Germany, um, to the, you know, the the, culture comp people. And they absolutely are like, this is degenerate. Here's the facts, you know. So you, you do see that. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Ford was way ahead of them. Because <laughs> like, of course he was. They were doing this in 38. See, for Ford, the problem was also the urban origins of jazz. Because an urban origin means that it's a place where multiple groups would intermingle. And he's a farm boy from Michigan.
0: Why? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Uh huh. Why is it that in this country, uh huh, so many of our, um, so many, so many of the, of the, of the bullshit elitist, culturally elitist ideas in our culture are rooted <laughs> in in this idyllic idea of ruralism, like like Jeffersonianism and its and its oh. idealized <laughs> idea of the gentleman farmer. When Jefferson never picked up a pl- like, Jefferson never operated. It's a not about the life. It's
1: but. not about the work. It's about the lifestyle and the exposure and the space that you have around you. I mean, we are talking about a country that's made up of people who were English who wanted more space and more land, couldn't get it back at home, mm. and I mean, you're the one that did the episode yeah. on first uh, first edition fighters.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I know. So, I, and I, you I know, mean, the Jefferson is, ideal.
1: You can go back to Rome if you want. And I mean, Horace was writing about this shit. You've always had this tension between city and country life. You've always had this idealization and fetishization. You see this in Russia, by the way, you know, the the czars like fetishized peasants, never met them.
0: Potemkin villages were a thing for a reason. Yeah, Yeah.
1: You know, they never met them, but they certainly fetishized them. Yeah. Um, and it's this—you know, these are the real people. They're—I the, mean, uh, Bismarck himself said, you know, the people, the blood and the iron, the blood and the soil. Yeah. It's the German people, like all of that's always there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, and and you Ooh, know, yeah. honestly, I could even point to, uh, you know, Chief Seattle, you know, and like we are of the earth. Okay. Good point. You know, right. uh, I don't, I don't know what was said by Montezuma about how awesome cities were. I true. do know what was said by Ben Franklin about how awesome cities were, but that's because, you know, I read English better than I read, uh, you know, Not waddle. Yeah. So, yeah, hmm, you know, but, but there's always been this. Um, and quite frankly, farmers are are prone to it themselves because man, fuck those city people. We feed them. You know, <laughs> there is this, this aspect yeah. of that. Yeah, no, it's you know, true. We can live without them. They can't live without us. There is that, that tension that's there. Now, Ford, he was a factory man, but he was also a rural man. And he had little to no exposure to people of different ethnic groups beyond what people had said happened in the big cities. And in the big cities, many more different groups interacted. Right. And he stated that this was the same problem as was with baseball, which I was like, what the fuck? Okay, Henry, tell me more. And he said, quote, if fans wish to know the trouble with American baseball, they have it in three words. Do you, do you wanna remember baseball segregated at this point, right? There is no black players in baseball. You want to guess at what his three words were? Negro league. No, no, no. too much Jew.
0: Yeah. Really? I, I, no. I know. I, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What? Okay, Steve back up. Outside <sighs> of the Yankees, like uh-huh. Like, like back at that. Any point, city,
1: any East Coast city, is going yeah. to have a higher proportion of Jews in it yeah, after no. the 1890s, okay. yes, because of the pogroms, yeah. then then the countryside will. But okay. also, any East Coast city is going to have a higher proportion of horses in it than yeah. than the yeah. countries no, will,
0: they, yeah, because you know, because you have like yeah. that's just a thing,
1: <laughs> right? So, but he he saw that as the problem with baseball. Which I can't imagine. Well, okay, if he's he's he said this after nineteen nineteen, so this is after the scandal. So you do see corruption and stuff like that, and you certainly you remember he absolutely blamed World War One on the Jewish bankers. Well, so if it's people trying to cheat to make a dollar, he's going to pin that on Jews. That's what he does.
0: Yeah. Okay and and there's a part of me that wants to be like okay hold on a second i got to go wikipedia mm-hmm. who the players were on the black Sox cuz like come on there was, now there were none
1: of them were jewish none there, of them were there jewish, was a guy yeah. there were italians there were swedes um well, and there were cornpone okay. people
0: okay but but italians true italians it you know true. To, to somebody like henry ford
1: I, yeah yeah but he know, didn't say like, too much italians he said too, much, too much jews, jews yeah. yeah too much jew actually not even jews <laughs> yeah fucking christmas what a yeah (sighs) so it was in these cities that jazz also first sprang up it started in new orleans specifically a very cosmopolitan southern city which saw a blending of blues and ragtime music and because it was in new orleans it necessarily began with black american musical expression that collided with several european cultural traditions at the same time as well The term jazz itself came about through a multi-layer of etymologies that I found fascinating. In the 1860s, the word jasm meant energy or pep, similar to spasm, I suppose. In 1912, a minor league baseball pitcher described his pitch as a jazz ball because it essentially had no spin and would thus appear to wobble in the air. It moved as though it had lots of pep or energy. Now, musically, this term is first used to describe New Orleans music in 1915, but it's spelled J-A-S, jazz, as in jazz band. And then it turned into J-A-S-S, jazz. And UB Banks said, quote, when Broadway picked it up, they called it J-A-Z-Z. It wasn't called that. It was spelled J-A-S-S. That was dirty. And if you knew what it was, you wouldn't say it in front of ladies. Which tells oh. me even they knew better than George Lucas when he called the music jizz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which,
0: uh, like, yeah, the less said about that, the better.
1: I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Fengren Dan. Uh, now, the integrationist <laughs> nature of this kind of music, <laughs> as well as the segregationist nature of industrialization and urbanization, lent itself to the recording studios of some place called Tin Pan Alley, who primarily used. Jewish musicians to record music, uh, uh to record music, uh, uh, with mass consumption as the goal and sale. The Jewish Americans were specifically able to thrive here because of their proximity to the whiteness at the time, relative to that of black Americans proximity to whiteness, uh, whose music was so popular. So the music's popular, but if we get a white guy to do it, it'll sell, it'll more, more, move more units. I mean we we we've yeah. seen this in our lifetime. Um yeah, repeatedly. You know, and and honestly we've seen this in our lifetime when it comes to uh light skin versus dark skin artists and when it comes to sexy versus zoftig. Um for instance, yeah. uh CNC Music Factory had to pay oh, a ton yeah. of mov- money to the actual singer of the Gal who screamed everybody yeah. dance now because that woman can belt it out, and oh, she's been on a lot of albums. Yeah. She was actually part oh, yeah. of It's rain and Men. She was part of that group.
0: Yeah, and so we meant that she came up in another recording of ours, didn't she? Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah, I remember. I, that I was, but okay. Yeah, I don't but remember. Yeah. yeah, but yes, it 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 like it twinges my brain. I'm sure I'll, I'll yeah, you know when I when I listen to this and edit it, I'll be like, ah, oh, that's what I meant. Um, but yeah, so black, uh, and and literally black artists just weren't allowed in the studios to play the music, whereas Jewish artists were because they passed for white. Now that gets back to the eugenicist bullshit too the whole passing for white to weaken, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mason said that very thing that they would weaken. Yeah. Okay.
0: So by their own logic, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody is, uh, I'm I'm going to use the term fine featured enough if, okay. if they if they have European enough looking features sure uh, and and you know they're talking their like hair, pointy like a pointy, more pointed pointy, pointy, narrow, pointy looking, narrow narrow angular angular sure yeah in that sense if somebody is 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 Northern European looking enough sure to get away with passing mm-hmm. if you're going off the idea that these traits are inborn.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: what's the difference between a Jewish person who looks that way mm-hmm. and a European person who looks that way since you're being essentialist about this
1: oh you would get into the you know now you could start using biology and genetics to make your case which is such disingenuous bullshit like you only pull it out to actually argue your essentialism yeah <laughs> you Same know yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like, well, it's
1: it's in the blood that you don't see, you know, and you're like, oh shut the fuck up. Screw you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, now, uh, since Jewish American story has always involved a lot of music and performance, especially in urban settings. This was a really easy porting over of, you know, uh, talent into this type of music and for artists to make money, et cetera, et cetera. This is an easy transition. And also, as both Black and Jewish Americans were disfranchised minorities, both in America and worldwide, both had a shared sympathy back and forth to each other. Many live performances had integrated bands of Jewish and Black American musicians, Uh, This is more in black clubs than it is anywhere else, because, you know, white clubs would still do just the the amount of mental gymnastics to (laughs) go in the front door, enjoy the music of black people um, in an illegal speakeasy. Yeah. And then the black people have to leave out the back door, (laughs) like just Jesus of
0: an illegal establishment.
1: Right. So, okay, (laughs) well,
0: it's like, (laughs) God damn it hold on but it's yeah.
1: again it's that fetishization shit you know oh, it, yeah yeah it's one thing that that americans love to do is fetishize so now all of this integration was a threat to those who identified with the eugenicist and anti-semitic fantasies that were being offered as a response like i'd said You don't want to get impure white people, the wrong kind of white people in there to start fucking the right kind of white people. And you certainly don't want black people and white people dancing because then that'll lead to fucking. And you certainly don't want that. Henry Ford, Fred Trump, and Adolf Hitler all had bought into such a narrative. And as such, all three had a problem with jazz.
0: Really? Uh Uh-huh. Fred Trump is on record having a problem with jazz. Yes. Okay.
1: Now, Henry I mean, it Ford, doesn't, I mean, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Not like, at, all. at all. But Especially yeah. considering he was one of seven people arrested at a KKK rally in New York, mm-hmm. uh, especially since he was a racist as hell uh, real estate oh. mogul slumlord Um, slumlord uh but henry ford we're talking about him mostly henry ford just just actually decided to do something specific and expensive about this because he had the money uh he (laughs) needed to save white people from the corrupting influence of black interaction and which was brought about by jewish musicians trying to make more money that's some pathological shit Ed muted himself so that we don't hear the thump 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 of him smashing the microphone.
0: Oh, oh my god! Uh huh. How <laughs> how many mental so much... hoops, right? Like, do you have to jump through, right, to get to? Dude, can you just accept the fact that like people like the music?
1: It's okay to be old and not get it yeah like, it's okay
0: it's 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 okay like me talking about my students right it's like okay i'm i'm an old now right okay yeah fine but like dude <laughs> really yeah yeah oh.
1: now since jazz brought people together to dance specifically since it brought black and white young people together to dance and young people like to fuck uh, he needed a great white hope In terms of music and dancing, to keep white people from wanting to fuck black people. Okay. Yeah. Now Ford has specific quotes on jazz because, of course, he does. (laughs) There is something you beat me to that (laughs) (laughs)
0: because that was going to be one because, of course, he does. Yeah.
1: There's there's something that bothers me to no end about proximal expertise. Or assumed proximal expertise. <laughs> yes,
0: assumed proximal. What are you
1: expertise. really good at? I'm good at building engines. All right, cool. Hey, what are your thoughts on jazz? Like, what the fuck? Do who cares? You even, yeah. Who like, who gives I, a shit? I also get this pissed though when people like misquote or misattribute every quote to Albert Einstein, you know, where he talks about bees. I'm like, I don't care what a, a theoretical physicist who know a lot about gravity thinks about botany. I'll listen to what a botanist says. Yeah. So, but or
0: entomology
1: or whatever or something. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) At least that's closer. Is
0: this this about theoretical physics?
1: Right. No. If
0: yes, then awesome. If no, fuck off.
1: Well, it's just I'm going to get out my salt lick and go ahead and listen. (laughs) 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 That's good. Yeah. So, (laughs) Henry Ford said this quote, many people have wondered whence came the first, uh, he said whence unironically that alone is a disqualifier <laughs> like
0: unless unless you're writing a Robert E Howard fantasy epic you you don't sure. use a word like wince
1: right anyway yeah yeah it makes yeah. me wince uh so all right many people have wondered whence came the waves upon waves of origin or I'm sorry uh the waves upon waves uh of musical slush that invade decent homes and set the young people of this generation imitating the drivel of morons Popular music is a Jewish monopoly. Jazz is a Jewish creation. The mush slush and the sly suggestion, the abandoned sensuousness of sliding notes are of Jewish origin.
0: What? I, like, like, I, I feel, I feel like that's, <laughs> he, that verges on word salad. Like,
1: it, yeah.
0: How do, you, how do you use a word like mush mm-hmm. to describe melody?
1: Like I think he's they're... not talking about melody. I think he's talking about the improvisational aspects of jazz. And to him, again, to him, he would want fiddle-plicking. You know, he would want, I try to think of what he would want. And there are very clear notes when you're listening to what was folk music back then. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah. And in jazz, there is a a a sliding of things. There is a blurring of things. There is a give and take of things where it's not so regimented. And this man who is so mechanically minded where this thing does this thing and this thing does this thing and this worker does this thing and this guy beats this worker like everything has its place.
0: (laughs) And this other guy is busy shooting a 45 in the back (laughs) office,
1: right? Everything has its place. And I think when you have the give and take of jazz, when you have the improvisational aspects of jazz, and frankly, when you have music that kind of taps into a a more sensual um, kind of sound and feel to the music, and it's played in you know, uh, sweaty, grimy nightclubs because air conditioning not quite a thing yet. Uh, and yeah. there's smoke hanging in the air. You get all those things and it's absolutely going to offend his uh, his rural sensibilities. And so the mush and the slush and the sliding and all that, that makes okay. sense to me that he would have those critiques. There's there's a type of thing that happens, and, and I'm going far afield here, but I'm and, and I'm, I'm putting way too much effort into at least understanding the logic behind his bigotry. But um, there was this wonderful documentary I listened to on uh, Yiddish, and they actually talked about Yiddish music specifically uh, as well. And, and what it was was like you could play on a violin and you could make it sound like a fiddle, right? There were there were styles yeah, yeah. that you can do to make it fiddly there are also styles that you can do to make it sound Yiddish. And there's a thing that they do with the bow and they would do it. And, you know, my girlfriend uh, is, is a, a string player, um, Mm -hmm. violin and viola. And I had her listen to it. She's like, Oh, okay. That, yeah, I know what they're doing. And she showed me and it, it gives it a Jewish sound. And I say that because that's what the musician who is Jewish was highlighting in a documentary about Yiddish. So I'm not, you know, I'm not Henry Fording this, but like it absolutely is there. You know, you can you can tell like Russian music. Mm -hmm. You can tell Mexican music. You could even tell Spanish music, you know, music. Exactly. You know, and and you can tell Yiddish music. You could tell New York Yiddish 1890s music. Like you can smell the pastrami as you're hearing (laughs) it kind of music. You know what I mean? and, and I think that's that's that is a thing that he is identifying and then immediately using it to build his his wall of, of bigotry again, um, because I swear this man is just like a cure in search of a disease. But he's always naming the d- disease as being the Jews um, And I mean, it's all to him. It's all part of a larger plot, right? Get black people and white people to interbreed. And then the Jews can take over the world because our blood will be weaker. That's what he thinks is going to happen. Okay. But (laughs) like, well, and, and to do this, you, you set the setting, right? You've got a jazz club. Where you've got drinking, cigarette smoking women, and sexiness. And the more that will happen, the less white we all become. Okay. He was really good at repairing watches.
0: He he really was.
1: <laughs> and that's, he
0: really was. I don't yeah. I like I I I still don't understand how. Mm-hmm. All of these people, Ford mm-hmm. and everybody else associated with this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And anybody like anybody from a rural background, I mm-hmm. still don't understand how anybody who had even even a one generation like removal
1: mm-hmm.
0: from dealing with livestock could think that interbreeding was going to weaken anybody.
1: Well, like you have you, mules. You have mules, and mules are sterile.
0: Yeah, but like I mean
1: that—that that is, I mean, straight up can do. That doesn't matter because okay. now you're thinking in terms of being able to propagate the species.
0: Oh, and okay. all
1: right. all Every right. fucking KKK guy was a doctor or a dentist. Like the 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 grand wizards of all that shit, yeah, they were yeah, always yeah. some sort of medically trained guide, or or he was, you know, so one of them was up high in the list, and they would always bring up mules, and they would always bring up that birds don't interbreed. You don't see a scrub jay fucking a finch you know and the only ones that you do you see uh, parasitic brooders like cucks and they're sneaky bastards you know and shit like that like i mean like okay but yeah. but okay
0: but, all right granted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there that there are those examples out of the animal world well that's all they okay. need i mean there's well, how many quotes yeah, in the well,
1: bible yeah, say don't I, be gay yeah. like none but there's a couple that say maybe don't fuck people in the ass maybe yeah. There's like yeah, three yeah. of those, right? And
0: well, it's yeah, it's it's actually even more narrow than that. You're not supposed to
1: engage in right. pederasty, but yeah, see, and that's the thing. Know, but like, because, even and, even and if we're going to, and the
0: whole reason for yeah. that, and the whole reason for that is because pederasty's what, fucked up. Well, well that why? should be the whole reason. That should be the whole reason. Yeah. But the actual reason was because that's what the Greeks do, and by right. God, we're not Greek.
1: Right. So, so but cho- like, we're the chosen of Yahweh. If we want to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Charitable. And and paint with a slightly <laughs> broader brush and say okay where are they anti uh, anti gay and it's these two verses or this one verse but then you look at how much ink has been spilled based on that bullshit oh yeah no over I, and over you know
0: I I mean I mean I get that but yeah like. Given given that there are those, the examples of you know, mule okay, fine, mules, mm-hmm, birds mm-hmm. don't your breed okay, but a horse and a donkey are actually two different species.
1: Well, go back species. to what's his face, yeah. And what's his face said that you've got these three Nordic races or these three European races, and notice he's distinguishing, he's drawing latitude lines for just the white folk. Yeah, he doesn't really like I didn't I didn't go into his focus on on, uh you know, non white folk on the the vast majority of the world. Of the I didn't go into of
0: the planet.
1: Yeah, I didn't go into his shit on that. But like to him, species, even though we can Jesus, make babies.
0: Christ. Yeah. OK.
1: Yeah. It's almost as though white supremacy causes a short in the system when it comes to critical thinking
0: yeah we still
1: have this weird logic circuit but now you don't have anything going wait a minute this is fucking stupid like it turns (laughs) it turns a perfectly good circuit breaker into some sort of rube goldberg machine that like at the end of it all like kicks you in the butt yeah you know
0: yeah no i just okay
1: so ford feared that quote If the conditions in America continue to develop along the same lines as the last generation, if the immigration statistics and the same proportion of births amongst all nationalities remain the same, our imagination may picture the United States of 50 or 100 years hence as a land inhabited only by slaves, Negroes, and Jews, wherein the Jew will naturally occupy a position of economic leadership.
0: Okay, back up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. He said slaves, Negroes, and Jews. Mm-hmm. So is he saying that, like, the the to him, mongrel, hybrid descendants of white people and and black people are going to be
1: slaves? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Now you see okay. why he needed Laban's rum. Oh, wait, that was a different guy. Yeah, that was a different day. But, I mean, this, is, this what, is the same shit.
0: Okay. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Did I... The 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 hatred is is repugnant. Like 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 the hatred causes one to recoil, but it's hard for that to compete
1: for the sheer level of what the fuck are you high? Right? Yeah. The bafflement (laughs) at (laughs) the amount of energy he puts into that hatred and the amount (laughs) of like intellectual capital he puts into explaining why that hatred is a valid thing is astounding
0: yeah it's mind-boggling like i don't Uh, i I just yeah i just don't have the energy to be that so that toxic
1: and he's been he's been you know publishing the shit in his newspaper this whole time right well in 1926 he publishes a manual that promoted old-timey music as well as how to actually conduct a square dance And this was because guests had so much fun in a 1923 gathering that he and his wife had hosted. He promoted square dancing clubs everywhere, and he paid newspapers, paid newspapers to publish full-page square dancing instructions. 34 colleges started teaching early American dancing as a course of study, similar to how the Koch brothers uh, funded a chair of libertarian economics in a whole bunch of different colleges so he is and it's just s- is intellectually bankrupt yeah, well, at least square dancing gets you out and moving though um, True. <laughs> like, it is codified right. it does draw on a tradition that actually you know is is of interest um instead of just like justifying why we're rich but yeah this is that whole like billionaires are unethical to exist i mean the existence of them is an immoral thing look at what they fucking do with all their money and i don't even know if ford cracked the billionaire level at that point um
0: well i'm sure i'm sure yeah. based on on i was gonna you know, say value of the dollar yeah. at the time he absolutely almost certainly did but yeah, yeah i mean you it was know a literal billionaire is another question right but yeah
1: well you know the point still stands that like yeah. you know you you should it should be like on a pinball machine uh shout out to derek friend of the show should yeah. be like on a pinball machine where you hit 999 million 999 and then every dollar after that we keep and put towards stuff and you don't get to say and we you know we'll name a park after you or some shit yeah but or, instead, or he, like
0: the or like yeah. the Athenians did, mm-hmm. yeah. which was you know, so hey, uh, you've you've been named one of the three richest people in Athens.
1: Yeah, which of these do this year? Yeah, th- which of these three richest projects are you going to do for the public? Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, I I say that we should you know name a park after it. Um, instead, in America, you get to keep all your money. Fuck with the entirety of civilization. Definitely <laughs> uh, subsume the media. And still name parks after yourself. <laughs> yeah. So what do I know? So Ford invited 200 dancing instructions from Ohio and Michigan to Dearborn specifically to make sure that they learned various dances. And because I'm a sucker for names, his favorite dance was called the Varso Okay. Uh, just cool name. Okay. Uh, now, there was also the Virginia Reel, the Gavotte, the Ripple, the Minuet, and the Shotsky, Shotiski, the she the S-C-H-O-T-T-I-S-C-H-E. Shotish There, yeah, that is way better than anything I had. Yeah. He also had his own private orchestra play old-fashioned dance music on radio networks. On radio networks. When mm-hmm. his new cars unveiled in January 26 and January 27 he had them buying up airtime and playing that kind of music dealerships had dance floors. This guy is putting so much energy into square dancing as a thing. Dealerships had dance floors. And remember the dealership would always throw one of his newspapers in with the the new purchase. And in some communities, this was a huge hit. White folks were back, baby. They never fucking left. Well, there's that.
0: Uh, by the way, I messed it up. It's, okay. It's
1: uh, schottisch. Schottisch.
0: And, and it is a slow polka. There you go. Mid-19th century from German, der schottische tanz. Okay. The there Scottish, you go. The Scottish the dance. dance.
1: Yeah. 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 Now, Ford also made financial arrangements and other influences to get square dancing into the Dearborn public school system. And at first, parents were aghast. You're going to teach my... Yeah, you're going to teach my children to dance with boys and girls?
0: Right, 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 right.
1: 200 of them petitioned the school board to stop these immoral dances. Now, here's what's different between parents clutching their pearls back then and parents clutching their pearls now. First off, back then, they actually clutched their pearls. Now, they're throwing (laughs) shit. Literal shit. (laughs) (laughs) Two <laughs> that should
0: be as funny as that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> once the parents had actually seen the dance performed, they were like, "Oh yeah, no, that's fine." They actually changed their mind and came down from their screeching and shrieking, and over 500 of them voted to continue the dancing. Ford sent his dancing fixer. That's right, he had a dancing fixer, a man named Benjamin Lovett, on a publicity and codification junket to various colleges and schools modification
0: yeah in so context what do we what, what,
1: what if you talking. remember a couple episodes back i talked about how square dancing had essentially three main latitudes in the united states you had a certain yeah, okay. yeah and yeah. then there was the blending as it went further west well he's in michigan and you know it's it's spreading westward um so if we want kids dancing to the right kind of dancing music, then we need to make sure that we have and, and his whole thing is that look how sloppy jazz is. It gets you uh, sensual, it gets you moving, okay. and you don't necessarily know what your next step's gonna be. And that's dangerous. Oh
0: my god, he even turned into a fucking Nazi on on square dancing. Yes. Why can these kind of motherfuckers never like sit down and just take a nap?
1: Why do we just, why do we listen to these assholes? He was good, really good at building engines. Yeah. It doesn't mean he was good at business. He was shrewd at business. He was not good at business. He was good at engines. He was good at watch repair. He was a good, he was a great mechanic. He was not, I repeat, not an expert on dance. He was not an expert on and socioeconomic politics ethnology anything um but in 1926 he saw his star rising and when it came uh to Mm. dancing he's like yes this is the great white dance step and there was an american national association of masters of dancing fucking names um convention So there's a convention for the American the American National Association of Masters of Dancing, um, and it was in New York, and they declared, quote, the Charleston is dying. The black bottom can never be king. And during the past year, there has been a great revival in old time dancing. End quote. They the American National Association of Masters of Dancing, because I'm going to play the fuck out of that name. They specifically named Henry Ford as the reason for why that was.
0: Well, you throw enough money at anything you can get shit to stick yeah but when when they call themselves masters of dancing am i the only one who like pictures a character out of an italian opera
1: yes like you with are. With, with, with very specific you know,
0: frilly yeah. frilly cuffs and and like a cane tapping on the floor yeah, I don't see you that. Know, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's
1: just because I, I I dove so deep into fucking square dancing for okay. Weeks for yeah, because
0: because I hear I yeah. hear that and I think dancing master and and like I go to the sure. Italian renaissance of like, and now you know we've 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 got to we've got to you know bow before, you know, right the household dancing master who's going to teach all of the nobles' children <laughs> right. how to, you know, minuet. And he claps and, you know,
1: up by his ear and just barely yeah. on the palm. Yeah. No, I could I, I see how you got there. Yeah. Um, Now Ford also liked specifically to play Turkey in the Straw on his $75,000 Stradivarius Now $75,000 back then Was $1.2 million in today's money Of course he had a Strad And of course he played Turkey in the Straw And he was of course very bad At it but he was super Happy to find other Fiddlers whose music blended nicely And whitely with square dancing And who's going to tell Henry Ford Yo you suck at that right So other people, it was kind of like when Bob Dylan had a birthday concert and he started singing and all the other guitarists who were there, G.E. Smith, Prince, George Harrison, Eric Clapton, before he was really out and out about being an anti-everything, all these great guitarists stepped forward and started singing louder to drown out Bob Dylan's voice because it was so embarrassingly bad. That's kind of what these people did. So he sounded great because all these other people sounded great, but he himself was dog shit. With, with um, app, you know. Yeah, which which is fine. I mean, he's really good at building watches and and cars. Now he he um, he brought fiddling into the zeitgeist as a result as well. Mm. Um, now it had previously been very rural, very regional, very, and he made it a popular thing. Now this is also marrying with radio at the time. Well, he's buying radio time. Got old timey music hours and shit like that. So these two prongs are aimed at combating the Jewish menace of jazz-based miscegenation. And it did not work.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because jazz is yeah. kick-ass. Yeah. Because, um, because
0: jazz is awesome.
1: And and young kids like to dance. And and boy, boy fuck can they fuck. And um, and
0: and yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> you you need to have a rhythmic element to something in order for it to really be compelling
1: you know square dancing dancing. is rhythmic square dancing is well it is it is, and it's codified and it's you can count on it and you can do it whether or not you know how to move your hips (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah like but you do not have to be good at dancing to be good at square dancing
0: that's true but if if you want to move your hips it really helps to have a good percussion line mm-hmm. or a bass line
1: yeah yeah which you don't for, get that for in for all of its for all of
0: its many charms and i am a great fan mm-hmm. of roots music and and bluegrass sure they they don't that's not an element
1: there you don't you know yeah. yeah that's not the point of it yeah yeah everybody yeah. plays together and it's it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a it's a different communal thing yeah, it's not pairs matching off and and, you know, having pro- foreplay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and again, this didn't work. But what it did do was it popularized square dancing in schools at the time when most public schools were segregated to the point where 28 out of 48 states had square dancing as their official state dance. And plenty of other schools were, uh, would receive encouragement, curriculum, money aimed at the uh, same thing. So he is spending many money hand over fist, getting it into all the school districts that he can to get kids square dancing in school. And square dancing became entrenched in most school curriculas, both PE and music. And if you think about your friends who are elementary teachers, there is usually two prep teachers on each site. PE PE and music. And and this marries them both. Yeah. And since an elementary school, like I said, has those, this is a good way to get kids out of the classroom, get their teachers a break, and have fun with each other. Quite frankly, they do get to have fun and they get to interact with the opposite sex in a codified, safe way, Mm -hmm. a white way, A carefully contrived way. A way that Ford would like. But the real fun comes in 1928. See, Henry Ford established a planned town in the Amazon rainforest in Brazil called Fordlandia. The idea was to have the means to produce and manufacture their own rubber, thus making it cost even less to produce his cars and rely less on the British monopoly of rubber, which had existed after Belgium's genocide of the Congo had raised enough eyebrows to break their monopoly. Brazil's governor. (laughs) Yeah. Brazil's governor uh, of the state of Para in Brazil had come to negotiate with Ford to bring his production down there in 1926. And this agreement gave Ford access to 2.5 million acres in in an area called Boa Vista. And he was, of course, exempted from the export taxes, and he gave back 9% of his profits to Brazil, 2% of which went back to the local area. Now, it took two years to build it, but by 1928, Fordlandia was up and running, and it was set up as a factory town, and it offered local workers good wages. But because Henry Ford was Henry Ford, he wanted full control over full control over the lives of his employees who came to work in these towns. And remember, this is long before he's forced to unionized. Um, So he lures them by promises of good wages, which were, of course, quickly lowered. Um, And and then he says, well, if you're going to work for me, you have to abstain from booze, prostitutes, carousing, football, which we call soccer, uh, smoking. Um, hey, all wait. of that is
0: yeah. <laughs> Why did he hate soccer?
1: Uh, like idleness. Um, sports. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. So, control. So control. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have sponsored a baseball team. It was just like
1: no. Oh, fun. It was too much Jew in that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Granted. Yeah. <laughs> but like, actually, he dude. might
1: have sponsored a baseball team because that's an American sport. Mm -hmm. but i think there was just some you know like your culture sucks kind of shit going on there
0: yeah that's kind of what i was leading up to there yeah
1: and he even forbade these things in people's own homes like
0: (laughs) well because the company town and they're leasing the homes exactly
1: now workers had almost every aspect of their day planned uh and it was tightly controlled and tightly regulated by hired investigators again jesus really yep it's good money in it and as usual people are going to find a way to do what they want which means in this case the same thing that it meant in the united states riverboats <laughs> so there okay. were there were riverboats that were set up outside of the municipal jurisdiction um and this leads of course to revolts in the 1930 in 1930 uh by the way which were then put down by the brazilian government because the brazilian government took the took the side of a corporation this only ever happens in brazil thank goodness that in america oh, yeah. we don't yeah, have no, the government shooting yeah. striking workers with the army uh anytime they run afoul of you know, um, large business yes did i miss no that? never mind no, okay carry on. On. yeah no yeah. don't yeah. worry about it don't worry oh, about it yeah, it's probably just a footnote um yeah. because of course brazil is that corrupt no one else is yeah. um yeah no yeah no. we certainly, certainly wouldn't not. see such a thing in america no <laughs> yeah no. So certainly similar things, mining,
0: certainly not in the mining industry.
1: No, no. not at all. Not at no. all. And and while it's true similar things would happen two years later in the Ford Hunger March and seven years later in the Battle of the Overpass, I'm sure that those were both isolated incidents, just like the other over over 100 isolated incidents that happened in the United States wherein the local police or the state police or the national guard or the army actually shot at and killed workers who said, Hey, it'd be really cool to, uh, you know, have a living wage.
0: But anyway, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: no, I digress. Uh, so this control in Brazil over the people who worked for him, uh, in that spot included insisting that they live like suburban Michiganders by mandate. And this meant you have to eat hamburgers, and even more importantly, this means mandatory square dancing. I'm going to say that again. Mandatory square dancing.
0: Literal mandatory fun.
1: Yes. You can like see that, why the revolt was... in 1930.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was that was that was a joke when when you know I was a kid. My dad was was in mm-hmm. the Navy. It was Nope, we we, we, you know, there'd be a party or something being, being thrown by the, by the CO of the squadron. Mm-hmm. It's mandatory fun. Right. You right. Know? Like, and that's the military. Right. Like, like it's, it's
1: one thing in the culture where you're military, actually signed on to be their property.
0: You, yeah. Yeah. Where you, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and where, you know, the, the military culture is, is a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, I signed up. To help you produce vulcanized rubber,
1: right? Like, <laughs> and you're paying me,
0: and you're paying me, and this is kind
1: of at will employment since we're not unionizing.
0: Yeah, like the fuck, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, unsurprisingly, Fordlandia fails. And by the way, there are pictures of uh, Native Brazilians square dancing, and the looks on their dead, dead eyes. Um, it's just so sad. So, Brazilian square dancing also failed. Uh, and international anti semitism. Well, we can agree that it had one hell of a horrifying run in the 1930s and 40s. And international white supremacy went for even longer. Um, And here's a few instances that are 100% Ford inspired. So you might remember in May of 2020, our president at the time said, quote, The company founded by a man named Henry Ford, good bloodlines, good bloodlines, if you believe in that stuff, you got good blood while standing in a Ford plant. Yeah. Do you remember when very fine people in Charlottesville shouted with their tiki torches that Jews will not replace us in 2017? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Remember when, when, when Trump in September of 2020 said, quote, He was in Minnesota and he said, quote, you have good genes. You know that, right? You have good genes. A lot of it is about the genes, isn't it? Don't you believe the racehorse theory? You think we're so different? You have good genes in Minnesota. Minnesota is 79% white.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: In 2018, the son of a slumlord who got arrested in uh, New York in the 1920s, uh, his son later grew up to be president said, quote, I'm a big believer in natural ability. If Obama had that psychology, Putin wouldn't be eating his lunch. He doesn't have that psychology, and he never will because it's not in his DNA. I believe in being prepared and all that stuff. But in many respects, the most important thing is an innate ability. And when I look at myself in the first grade and I look at myself now, I'm basically the same. The temperament is not that different. Talk about telling on yourself without knowing <laughs> like like
0: without you, you don't you don't see a cell phone like that very often that's, yeah uh, that's, i mean it's it's like doing.
1: a triple gainer of a cell phone
0: <laughs>
1: like, but i mean how wow, is dude. any of this different than ford <clears throat> or the guy that he was reading oh, it or isn't,
0: it isn't any different no it's right. all the same it's all the same horse shit i mean
1: yeah. no racehorse and, yeah but dude
0: once it goes through the animal it doesn't matter what kind of horse it was it's just horse shit
1: okay fair enough
0: you know um, and and I, again in a racehorse theory okay that's great um, look at a thoroughbred mm-hmm. and look at what happens when a thoroughbred say takes a turn too sharply mm-hmm. you have to put the animal down Yeah. Because it's been manipulated over generations point. of conscious breeding to the point right. that you can't, like, trying to get a purebred racehorse to uh, uh, heal a fractured limb.
1: Right, it's not happening.
0: It, 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 it just doesn't happen. You, you have to put the animal out of its misery.
1: Well, Aesop's fable had one about a draft horse and a racehorse. Yeah. That's... More than 2000 years old, (laughs) like people knew this stuff for a while. But, you know, talk about missing the missing the point. Well, yeah, of course. He also uh, the son of Fred Trump. uh, uh, He also uh, said he didn't have to study very much or consult experts or learn anything uh, because he would reach the right decisions, quote, with very little knowledge other than the knowledge I had, plus the words common sense, because I have a lot of common sense and I have a lot of business ability a lot of people said, man, he was more accurate than the guys who have studied it all the time. How how Allen Ginsberg can you get with your self-owning? <laughs> Just stream of consciousness. <laughs> uh.
0: Well, OK, everything, everything that man does now is stream of consciousness because he can't mm-hmm. maintain a coherent thought long enough to speak in an actual paragraph.
1: These are facts you know yeah
0: um like i'm 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 sorry but there's i don't know what form it is i've i've heard multiple theories but mm-hmm. he's clearly suffering from some kind of dementia
1: well i also think that this like, is this is what happened i think it's uh i there's not a term there's not a a syndrome for it but it's essentially you're gaslit by your own success or by oh, well honestly uh, gaslit, by your, to... gaslit by your gaslit by your own privilege is an even better yes, way. To yeah, put
0: it. there's there's part of it is gaslit by your own privilege. And mm-hmm. um, uh, there's actually a term that's now being applied to uh, the state that everybody believes Putin is stuck in right now, mm. uh, which is the dictator's trap.
1: Yeah, where nobody you, can say nobody, no to you.
0: Nobody can say no to you. Nobody can give right. you the unvarnished truth
1: because right. they're afraid of you. Or there's the, uh, the I think it's called, what is it? It's the over-earnest trap where only one person can give you the Jim Varnish truth. Know what I mean? Nice. Thank you. Nice. So now one of uh, neo-Nazi websites. Not even it, mad about that one. Well, good. Good. This will piss you <laughs> off. Um, Neo-Nazi <laughs> websites dipshits and very fine people today still engage in ford's bullshit uh the international jew is still sold on amazon Uh, a reviewer said quote it's just amazing how enlightened henry ford became while living in a world of jew contrived deception ramping up in the usa the european converted fake zionist jew has conquered america spell it with a k judaism equals communism five stars I couldn't find the date on that review, and I looked for way longer than it deserved. But really one of the weirdest moments of Ford's influence and Ford's anti-Semitic reach just coming from beyond the grave that I saw where Ford's stain was still noticeable was when NBC aired Schindler's List on network TV on February 23rd of 1997, commercial free. You know who sponsored it?
0: Ford Motor Company.
1: Yes. And so before Schindler's List starts, the logo appears on a black screen and just hangs there silently. And then it disappears. Now, (laughs) like, and then you start the movie all about the Holocaust. Now, when Ford was 83 years old, he was actually reportedly shown newsreel footage of the concentration camps. And his reaction was to collapse and have a stroke, to which I say, good, um, because I'm petty that way. Um, And it's very likely that it was, I think I'm theorizing, but it's very likely that this stroke came about as a recognition of his own contribution to what the Nazis had actually done. I certainly hope so. But what I want to finish on is a funnier note. So I don't know how to transition from an old man who deserved it, had a stroke when he saw newsreel footage of the Holocaust that he helped legitimize and propagate. Stoke. And yeah, and stoke. So I don't know a funny way to transition from that. Maybe there shouldn't be. It should just be this jarring. Um, But. So something funnier than an old racist having a stroke. Do you remember a few years ago when Amazon was trying to decide where to locate its next fulfillment center and city leaders were like falling over each other to get oh, to lick yeah, Jeff Bezos no, were... uh, taint the best? Yeah. 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 Well, I yeah. always thought the perfect town should have been Dearborn, Michigan. Okay. I mean, you've got low wages, anti-union mechanized process, strict monitoring of the workers' activities down to the second, and a city that's ready to sacrifice its workers for a slightly lower cost because they'd sooner do that than demand the head of a company actually take a smaller paycheck, checks okay. every single yeah, box. and every single box, yeah. And since Ford had failed going from Dearborn to the Amazon, I thought it'd be nice to bring back the Amazon back to, to Dearborn.
0: Dearborn. Nice. Nice, so, I like it. That's
1: uh that's, that's that's Jesus Henry Ford Nazis and square dancing. Wow. <laughs> you know
0: and and yeah. the the interesting parallel that you that you never got around to saying anything about but I I kind of want to touch on now mm-hmm. that we're now that we're absolutely know, out of out of that is the um Gulf on the radio mm-hmm. between urban hip-hop radio mm-hmm. and country. Yes, as a genre. because what you were talking about about old old timey music hours mm-hmm. in the 1920s, one of one of the, you know, unintended, kind of positive consequences of that was Mm -hmm. the um i don't know if i want to say revival but you know the the continuation Mm -hmm. or revitalization of bluegrass and you know those musical traditions sure sure which then you know morphed over the years uh ironically because of exposure to rockabilly and yeah. you know rock and roll mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent jazz
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and and turned into you know country music right which has then gone through multiple
1: iterations kind of evolution yeah. iterations there was it the country country sound. western and then, yeah yeah i mean yeah,
0: there was the there was the nashville sound and the baker's field sound mm-hmm. and then what i what i find interesting mm-hmm. is there is simultaneously, there's this weird thing in, in modern radio culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: where you have stations that are very, very clearly, you know, uh, focused on, uh, you know, hip hop as a genre. Right. You
1: have narrow and, casting.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then what you have on country radio, mm-hmm. if you tune into a country station you're going to find a, I don't know, 25, 30% of what you find is going to be very clearly, very much. Okay. This is, this is clearly directly descended from the, you know, quote unquote old timey music that, uh, you know, Henry Ford would have wanted to propagate and sure. is a continuation of that tradition. And then, I can only imagine Henry Ford having another stroke Hmm. when he heard any level of top 40 modern country music. Sure. Because it's all so heavily influenced by, by rap and hip hop.
1: Well, you know, that's not a new, new phenomenon.
0: Well, no, it's not. But, you know, the, 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 the interesting, you know, the thing that I find interesting though, is, people who are really you know the 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 demographics Mm -hmm. of country music is overwhelmingly white bread Mm -hmm. and like they will well i don't know in in more recent with with millennials and and younger folks it, it might not be as much a thing but i know when when i was going through high school and in through college and I mean, this is twenty years ago, so mm-hmm. you know, take
1: this. Back was, when the know, last nasty. time terrestrial radio was relevant.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, um, and and so as you say, take this with a lick of salt. Mm-hmm. But I remember there there was a lot of kind of antagonism to by country fans toward hip hop mm-hmm. and toward urban music and kind of and kind of vice versa, but I mean I, I witnessed it from from the one side. Yeah. Uh you know, being, you know, descended from Okies.
1: Um
0: you know, and yeah, it's it's just it's it's weird to me that um this this modern genre that has its roots in this very racist anti cultural blending mm-hmm. instinct. Mm-hmm has now turned into something that's like, okay, well, if you take the twang out of the singer's voice, you could be hearing this on any other radio station, including a hip hop radio station.
1: Well, you know, I, you think, know. I, I think the point that you're bringing up there is actually it's a cyclical one, because what you just said is if you take uh, that, that one aspect of style out of it. Suddenly you've got music that is made essentially for the young masses. Um, and if you go back to country okay. music in the 1930s, it was working class, supporting strikers, et cetera, et cetera stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And then if you go a little bit further forward, you get r and and you get country music blended together in Memphis by Elvis Presley, commercially successfully done. Uh, he was sneaking into black clubs all the time, uh, but he, he blended those two things. It, despite his Nixonian tendencies politically, uh, he, he absolutely was an integrationist when it came to music. Uh, his, his music had an integrational uh, component to it to the point where, um, you know, the, again, you got the whole Ed Sullivan, not showing his hips back to the hips, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, also if you go forward just a little bit longer, you get to the Alan Freed concerts and the Alan Freed concerts would play. Oh God, what are, it's, it's a group of brothers that would do country music um, and I forget who it is. It'll come to me later, but uh, he okay. would play country music, very clearly country music. And then right afterwards, Alan Freed was a disc jockey. Okay. Um, and he would play country music and then he would play uh, rhythm and blues. And then he would play rock and roll. And the effect was essentially that all the kids, all the kids would dance together black and white, and the police Um, raided an Aled Freed concert in New York. In New York, they raided this and beat the living shit out of the kids screaming, get those little cocksuckers. And the parents of those kids supported the police. Society supported the police. They raided a dancing hall and there was no crime being committed, but they raided a dance hall. Because the police and frankly, most of the adults that weren't Alan Freed were in a state of cultural rage at the blending of these barriers. And what you're talking about is a revisitation of that, because what we saw in the 1990s, early 1990s, you've got, you know, Pat Buchanan, and then suddenly you've got Garth Brooks and several other people like that. But if you look at how Garth Brooks dressed... He was wearing the cross color shirts, but they were just yeah. black and white. They weren't the Pan-African colors that you saw a lot of hip hop artists and rap artists wearing who were wearing cross color shirts okay. like DJ Jazzy okay. Jeff uh, play from Kid and Play. Um, I, I and had he's responding a to that colored
0: shirt. As a oh, thing, yeah. But yeah, OK, you're right. But
1: he's he's wearing cross color shirts as well. And he is reclaiming it on some level uh, for white America. And you start to see this this splitting of white and black music. Okay. MTV starts playing Yo MTV Raps, and parents are really getting upset at at all of these kinds They're of things. Freaking
0: out, yeah. Yes,
1: and on the other side, they were getting freaked out uh, about heavy metal and glam metal. So there's the, this there's this narrowing of what's acceptable to the mainstream yeah. culture. But then you start to see that feeding its way into the top forty. So the top forty becomes much more sanitized music, much safer. Mm-hmm. And now and then you had like this essentially segregational buffet of music yeah. where the music doesn't blend, even though you had Public Enemy and Anthrax playing together. You had Run-DMC and Aerosmith, and Aerosmith playing together. Yeah. You had various collaborations like that, but they were breaking collaborations, which is in itself telling. Um, but then in the in 2000s, you see it fracturing completely where. Where I live here in Northern California, there is a station called 100.5. I forget what its you know, tag is, but, yeah. Yeah, but it used to be a top 40s, and then it went to top 40s without the rap. It specifically mm-hmm. was, was yeah. and even in one of the commercials for it was like, oh, I hate rap. Like that was a girl's voice behind when it said top 40 music without the rap. And then there was another top 40 station that had the rap. Meanwhile, you had the modern rock station. You had the hard rock station. You had the classic rock station. You had the soft rock station. You had three hip hop stations, et cetera, et cetera. And it became much more of a, if you want this kind of music, you go to this station. If you want this kind of music, Mm -hmm. you go to this station. Now, if you want to hear Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd at any time of the day, there's three stations. (laughs) One of them will be playing it. But the rest of them, (laughs) it's kind of like finding Gene Hackman or Robert De Niro on TV.
0: You know what? You don't know. I'm sorry. I I know. I know which station you need to go to, and you only have to wait ten minutes. Or if you don't want to to wait ten minutes,
1: don't worry. It's two stations over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So you had like this fracturing, and it was acceptable. Everybody was kind of in their lane. Yeah. And then you had people starting to blend genres again. You started to have really you had like the the Dixie chicks, now the chicks, yeah, blending that that rock sound with the country sound mm-hmm. in a way that was new enough. And then of course they stood up for something they believed in. So of course everybody abandoned them. But yeah, uh, but they kind of kicked that door open and you start to see that happening in country all over again. And 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 of course, 9-11 happened, so you had jingoism. But so for a while it separated out and again, white national identity and stuff kind of clung to that. Mm -hmm. But then you start to see, uh, Oh, I like this kind of music. And you had hip hop. You had, you know, a few musicians who were black who actually liked that kind of music and started breaking ground there. Cowboy Troy, Darius Rucker Mm -hmm. of Hootie and the Blue Blowfish. And most recently you had little Nas X, uh, I'm sorry, Lil Nas X mm-hmm. um, and uh, you, Road. yeah, it, who used uh, Trent Reznor's music yeah. as the background for his country music, which, by the way, was a top country hit until the country music people said this isn't country. Yeah. And when that happened, people were like, how is it not country? Talks about horses, talks about being a solitary person, talks about cowboy lifestyle, how is this not country? And the answer was, uh, 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 we, we have ephemeral reasons. <laughs> and it's because the dude's black and queer yeah, let's, like, yeah,
0: let's let's talk about why it's not yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, again, yeah. Henry Ford. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, pretty much.
1: So okay, so that's that's what we've gleaned and and we got an uh, an, an extra little jolt there of, of yeah. uh, a really quick tiptoe through the tulips uh what are you reading my friend uh well right now I'm reading a lot of student work because you always uh, say that why why are you assigning so much student work they don't know how to write you don't want to read (laughs) it I don't
0: why do you keep doing this my job because I teach English my job is to teach them to write
1: could you teach them English without teaching them to write and not having them read those pesky books can you find some way and don't teach grammar either because that'll just turn them off can, can you teach English without those three components? Because I think <laughs> when, that'll, that'll when, make it so more kids you, pass.
0: When did you start running for school board? In no, well, I'm board, taking
1: uh, administrative classes. So I'm just oh, trying to okay. make things more accessible oh, okay. um, to people who don't want to do Understood. work. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, but beyond that, uh-huh. um, I I, uh, start, I tried and I'm 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 going to continue trying uh-huh. uh, to uh, pick up and reread uh, Stranger in a Strange Land uh, oh. by Robert Heinlein.
1: Heinlein, uh, he's the one that wrote Dune. God uh, damn it, he's not the one that wrote Dune. I wish I was joking just to mess with you. I'm not. That's how okay. bad I am at no, this.
0: No, Herbert
1: wrote Dune. Herbert Hoover. Now no. I'm kind of fucking with you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. uh no heinlein wrote starship troopers
1: okay got it
0: uh which which we talked about on the show uh-huh. um and um he he also wrote um stranger in a strange land which uh, well we're, i I'm, I'm it's a classic of the genre and at some point i'm gonna have to educate you about it
1: mm-hmm
0: um, because again, you confused Heinlein with Herbert there, so like <laughs> somebody has to do this for for the good, yeah, of, you know, literature. Um, and because I'm a glutton for punishment, but uh, you know, I'm 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 rereading it, and and there's 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 some really interesting insight to Heinlein's personality and his view of himself. Hmm. Um, I really think that Stranger in a Strange Land is. Number one, it's a huge departure from Starship Troopers. Um, mm-hmm. Like ideologically, it's it's operating on oddly on a same level while on a completely different one at the same time, and and it's also a much more uh, philosophical book mm-hmm. as opposed to polemical. Okay. It um, mm-hmm. and and it's it is very very revealing of his own view of himself like i said because there's a character in it who i'm pretty sure like i i I don't know if anybody's going to ever argue with me about this is very clearly a self insert okay um and it's and it's not the it's not the protagonist um okay so yeah and anyway I'm, i'm i'm trying to find the the time in in liminal spaces within my day to to pick that up and read it
1: are you able to like hold stitch together reading of a book in, in the liminal spaces, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Are you able to do that? I, I have to sit down for half an hour at a time.
0: Um, if it's at only, least. if it's only 15 minutes, mm-hmm. it's harder. Okay. But if I can find, like you say, if it's, if it's like half an hour, right. 25 minutes, half an hour, then yeah. I can get far enough into something sure that that it doesn't evaporate in my head Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and depending on depending on the book um the other thing the other thing that has happened frequently uh like it took me forever to finish shogun by james clavell which is Mm -hmm. like a doorstopper of a novel i mean it's a huge book right um and i I picked it up and i would read that's the one about the
1: second amendment right
0: yeah 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 Yeah. Shogun. yeah right
1: no it's okay, it's that, about that fat hairy me queer men um not wearing sleeves the right to bear arms
0: yeah nice yeah. I, I, I like i like the way you managed to tie both of those together <laughs> good job
1: you're welcome um <laughs> shout out to my old friend keith so
0: i okay i'm i'm not going to he's a bear so, it's, it's okay funny. all right okay yeah. so <laughs> um like but when i when i was reading it i'd be able to sit down Mm -hmm. and like over the course and this is back when i was a student so i was able to sit down for like two days i'd be able to spend a couple of hours each day reading it Mm -hmm. and then stuff would happen and i wouldn't pick the book up for a month oh wow but because I'd had two good days, right? I was I was then able to come back to it after a month, and I'd maybe have to go back to or three pages. Then I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, right, sure, I remember where I am. There's no way I could do that now.
1: Okay, yeah, no yeah. way
0: I could do that now. Um, so so this we'll, we'll see how successful I am and how long it takes me to nice you know, get through it. But I'm sure. I'm working on that. Okay, cool. How About you, and and well, I do by the way highly recommend the book. To anybody stranger in a strange rent, land. Stranger in a strange land. Okay. I highly recommended. Okay. Go ahead and and you, sir.
1: Yeah, no, I've got two books I'm going to recommend. Um, the first one is called Mushroom in the Rain, uh, and it's by Mira Ginsburg, but it's an adaptation of uh, a Russian story called Rise and Shine uh, by I think it's Vasily uh, Suteev. Um, don't quote me on that. Just look for Mira M I R R A Ginsburg, Mushroom in the Rain. And I'm also going to recommend um, Swimmy uh, by Leo Leone. Uh, now, both of these are children's books. Okay. Um, and actually, I'm going to give you one third one. It's called The Day the Cows Stopped Typing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's called Clack Clack Moo The Day the Cows Stopped Typing. And I might give you that book to read to your youngin' um, because all three of these are absolutely books that have to do with collective action. And I figure finishing up Ford with children's books to say, fuck you to uh, industrialists seems like the best way. So the mushroom in the rain is about uh, finding shelter in a storm and how, even though you don't think you have enough, you always have a little bit more and you can, by taking a little bit of discomfort, everybody can be safer. Uh, Swimmy is about a fish who does not fit in with all the other fish. Uh, He looks nothing like them. Therefore they want nothing to do with him. Until a predator who's very big comes at them and he says, I will be the eye. And they all basically form into the shape of a much bigger fish. And he is now the eye of the fish. And uh, in many ways, it's a self insert, speaking of which of Leo Leone's, uh, because he's like, well, as an artist, I see what other people don't and I will be their leader. Um, But also everybody has a role to play. There are different ways to be leaders and you can all protect each other. Uh, Clack Clack Moo is about cows that type for Farmer Brown and they basically say, we need electric blankets. And Farmer Brown says, fuck you. And they say, all right, fine. We're not typing anymore. Fuck you. And then they have a labor dispute. Okay. Three children's books that I hope to goodness uh, people uh, buy and send to Henry Ford's relatives. So... Again, uh, mushroom in the rain, swimmy, and clack clack moo. So okay. those are the ones I recommend. Read them to your children. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, you know, on social media, people can find me um, at uh, Da Harmony on Twitter and Instagram, Da Harmony One on TikTok. Although I've been so busy with striking and everything else that I've not put out any good content lately. Some would say ever, uh, but any oh. new good content I, lately. I some, <laughs> uh, And also you can find me uh, the first Friday of every month at Luna's in Sacramento sling and Pun. So if you have proof of uh, vaccination, double vaxxed at least and a mask and $10, you should come see capital punishment uh, the first Friday of every month at Luna's, unless there's a huge uptick in the pandemic, or we find that our precautions are not enough. At which point, we're going to have to go silent for a while. But for right now, it's on. Uh, Where can people find you?
0: Uh, I can be found on TikTok as Mr. Underscore Blaylock, Mm -hmm. uh, where so far I've mostly ranted about Star Wars. Keep it up. Find um, your Yeah, no, I understand. (laughs) But I don't know if I want Star Wars to be that niche because fans are nuts. Uh, that, that means engagement. Then, don't you know how and, this works? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> also, death threats. I don't know if I'm down for that. Get your tenure first, but, then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on Twitter, I can be found at EH EHBlaylock. Uh, and we collectively can be found uh, on uh, Stitch. Stitcher? And Stitcher. Sorry. Mm-hmm. On Stitcher and in the uh, Apple uh, podcast app. Mm hmm. Uh, at, uh, just look for uh, Geek History of Time. Yep. Uh, our website is www.geekhistorytime.com. Mm-hmm. And our collective Twitter account is Geek History Time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so if we have made some kind of terrible error, uh, if you uh, want to share some detail with us that you know about the history of Fordlandia, which I didn't say anything at the time, but what a fucking name Uh, um like do you think you're an emperor like
1: yes he did yeah well
0: (laughs) obviously um but like yeah if you if you have something you want to argue with us about there that's that's the place to do that Mm -hmm. um send all corrections
1: and and expect retractions from us uh, on there we 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 absolutely do read and and make retractions we have in the past yeah so yeah
0: and uh yeah and uh, so if you uh, are just now finding us, uh, then please uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a review. Give us the five stars mm-hmm. that you know we deserve in whatever app it is that you're viewing us or listening to us through. Also, if
1: you're just now finding us and you started by listening to episode four of something. Yeah. Um,
0: Who are you?
1: Right. Go back and listen to a one shot. <laughs> you know, it'll be less depressing.
0: It, well, one, it'll, well, maybe it depends on the one shot we did, but um, I don't think we've any
1: done any depressing one shots.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Usually it takes at least two shots for it to truly be really, yeah. a real downer. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, but, well, so, yeah, uh, but go go back, check the buffet. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for joining right. us.
1: Well, for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time,
0: swing your partner round and round
1: and I shall be the I.